0: N-P-R.
1: This is The Indicator from Planet Money. I'm Darian Woods.
2: And I'm Waylon Wong. We are about a month into the launch of Threads, the new social network app from Instagram. And what a month it has been. First, Threads had a record-breaking debut. Then after the initial rush, engagement seemed to fall off a cliff.
1: Yeah, it was this sugar rush of social media excitement. You know, Twitter's looking on a little jealous, so it gets an image change. It changes its name to X. Then the company puts up and takes down a big glowing X on the roof of its corporate headquarters in San Francisco. And the platform formerly known as Twitter is... Still kind of trucking along. I mean, I'm still posting and reading tweets.
2: So am I. But Threads does present a competitive threat in a way that other alternatives haven't so far. Can it go all the way and become the dominant app for short-form posts?
1: That's the question. So today on the show, an economist who specializes in online networks helps us tease out the different ways this social media battle could play out. And along the way, he tries to find where all the other economists are hanging out. That's after the break.
0: This advertisement comes from our paid sponsor, Fundrise. High interest rates mean that real estate assets are available at a discount compared to previous valuations. The Fundrise flagship fund plans to expand its billion-dollar real estate portfolio over the next few months. Add the Fundrise Flagship Fund to your portfolio at fundrise.com indicator. Carefully consider the investment objectives, risks, charges, and expenses of the fund before investing. Read the prospectus at fundrise.com flagship. This message comes from NPR sponsor American Express.
2: The first social media platform I ever signed up for was a website called Friendster, which came out in 2002. It actually predated MySpace. What about you, Darian?
1: Uh, MySpace was it for me. So Tom was my first friend. I can say that for sure. Do you guys remember Tom?
2: I do. I remember that smiling guy in his white t-shirt.
1: The white t-shirt industry was very happy with with (laughs) what was happening there. (laughs) And for Ben Golub, his first
3: encounter with modern social media was as an undergraduate student at Caltech. As soon as Facebook rolled out at Caltech, I joined, and that stuff is the first time I remember a social platform taking off.
2: And that time it was still called The Facebook, right?
3: Exactly. The Facebook.com. Ah. Today Ben
1: is a professor at Northwestern University and his specialty is the economics of social networks. Ben doesn't just study online platforms, he actively participates in them too. He joined threads on the first day that it launched and then he posted a somewhat snarky take on Twitter.
3: I made a sort of sarcastic tweet saying that I wasn't optimistic because scrolling through the feed was just like, you know, random sports stuff and fashion stuff and it didn't seem like it was a platform that was really um, having a good initial feed. And then my friend replied and said, it's been two hours. It's only two hours. Give it a chance, Ben. Give
2: threads a chance, as John Lennon famously said.
1: Imagine all the people who might join this (laughs) app one day.
2: (laughs) Sports and fashion are two areas that the head of Instagram has said he wants to see thrive on threads, as opposed to other kinds of content like hard news or politics. But, you know, Ben was eager to find his people on threads. Economists. He's part of Econ Twitter. It's an informal community of economists and like-minded nerds on that platform.
1: And so for Ben, if the people he wanted to talk to online were not on threads, he wasn't sure he wanted to spend time on this new platform. And this mindset is at the heart of what Ben studies, something called network effects. In a market with network effects, the way people value something is different than in other kinds of markets.
3: Your valuation depends on how many other people are using it uh, and often who is using it. Classic goods like bread... That just doesn't happen. I mean, as long as you can buy that thing, it doesn't really matter to you how many other people are buying it or who's using it. So network effects is when the other consumers matter to your valuation.
2: Network effects play out in offline settings, too. Think about people flocking to the bar where the cool kids hang out. Or go back to the earliest days of the telephone. I mean, I wasn't around then. But if you had one of these newfangled gadgets in your house, but no one else you knew had one, you wouldn't think of your phone as being very valuable.
1: Meta slash Instagram launched Threads with a huge advantage, which is that Instagram already has 2 billion active monthly users around the world. And the company made it really easy for Instagram users to sign up for a Threads account, and that contributed to its explosive debut. 100 million people signed up for Threads in its first week, even though it was missing features like a way to post on a desktop or a robust search function.
2: For new Threads users, the next step is finding people they want to follow. And Ben says Threads took a light-handed approach in tailoring people's feeds. It didn't assume that someone like him would want to see only posts about economics.
3: They kind of left it open-ended. And so in my area, which is economics, people started doing stuff like hosting these lists. Basically just threads where you had like a list of 50 usernames and then people could go through and follow. In other words, the threads users were organizing themselves in this
1: natural way. And Ben says that the same economists who were doing these roll calls were also posting on Twitter about what was happening in threads. And so the people hanging out on Econ Twitter would get curious and check out threads too. And that's network effects
3: in action. I think the worst thing about Econ Twitter since Musk took over, has just been this feeling that those of us who are hanging on are there as a compromise. You know, many of our favorite people have left or aren't excited about using it anymore. And I think it's kind of cool that despite a lot of bad taste that has attached to, you know, to meta as a company, threads kind of feels pretty clean. And so there was this feeling like, oh, we could talk about the latest jobs numbers or whatever. This can be fun without the sort of overtone of decline that for me, has characterized recent Twitter.
2: This overtone of decline that Ben describes is a feeling that's permeated other subgroups too, not just econ Twitter. Some users were unhappy with features like the app's new limit on how many posts they could read per day. Others have pointed to an increase in hate speech. Advertisers have left too. Elon Musk said recently that ad revenue has fallen by 50%.
1: And Ben says that in platform
3: economics, any one of these variables could have a big impact. We know with classic economics, prices matter. And we know that, you know, if you raise the price for something, the demand tends to fall. But those effects are actually very contained in a way. Typically, how much people are buying of something stays the same unless something changes drastically. But with platforms, there are these tipping effects where seemingly small changes can lead to really big shifts in usage and even things that we call death spirals.
2: Death spirals. Sounds pretty ominous, right? Ben says... Here's how a typical death spiral plays out within a platform. First, there's some kind of external change. Let's say, just hypothetically, a social media network gets a new CEO who starts making some drastic changes.
1: That would never happen.
2: Oh no, just unthinkable. Step number two, a small number of users decides to quit. This is not a mass exodus, but what happens next is that those people's followers see that their favorite accounts have stopped posting. Those followers aren't enjoying the app as much, so they scale back their usage. Now they're not liking or replying to their friends' posts with the same frequency as before, and that lack of feedback causes those friends to stop using the app too.
3: The essence of a death spiral is that these effects actually build on each other and intensify and take quite a long time to peter out. And when they do end, the platform can be at a much diminished scale relative to where it started. Now,
1: The arrival of a new player doesn't necessarily mean that the incumbent has to die. Think about the ride-sharing platforms Uber and Lyft, for example. Plenty of drivers and riders use both apps. There's even an econ vocab term for this, which is called multi-homing.
2: Yeah, save that piece of trivia for your next cocktail party. But in other markets, a platform hangs on for a bit and then dies. Think of MySpace after Facebook came on the scene. Network effects can, in some cases, lead to a winner-takes-all scenario that can have benefits for consumers, say, if there's one really vibrant online community where everyone else is hanging out. But there's also downsides, like if the dominant company makes unwelcome changes and people have nowhere else to go.
1: And for economists like Ben, it's still too early to say whether the platform, formerly known as Twitter, is
3: headed the way of MySpace and Friendster. There's a Hemingway quote that I love where a character is asked, how he went bankrupt. And he says two ways, gradually, then suddenly. And so until it's all over, we can't say whether a death spiral occurred. And that's one of the frustrating things because there's something inherently random about it.
2: Either way, I'm sure economists will be talking about it online somewhere. This episode was produced by Corey Bridges with Engineering by Neil Rauch. It was fact-checked by Sierra Juarez. Kicking Cannon is our editor and The Indicator is a production of NPR.
1: This message comes from NPR sponsor, BetterHelp. When you're carrying around a lot of stress, therapy is a safe space to get it off your chest. If you're considering therapy, give BetterHelp a try at betterhelp.com NPR to get 10% off your first month.
0: This message comes from NPR sponsor, Capella University. With Capella's FlexPath Learning Format, you can earn your degree online at your own pace and get support from people who care about your success.